I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Secret Cabinet. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of The Secret Cabinet. I'm Travis Dow of the Bohemian Podcast, and The Secret Cabinet participated in a collage show with the History Podcasters Network on the theme End of an Era. So go to historypodcasters.com to go give that a listen. Today, Off the Pole The Cultural History of the Dildo. Der Budla, the original host and creator of the German and original version of the show Das Geheime Kabinett, was recently in Herne, North Rhine-Westphalia, which doesn't just have the headquarters of the famous Bartokast, but also the LWL Museum for Archaeology. Besides possessing a wide range of objects, the museum management speaks of 10,000 artifacts, but he didn't count. There's one piece in particular from the 16th century. A tall glass vessel in the shape of male genitalia. It happened to be found in a house for women in a latrine. A dildo? Let's leave that question open for now. And let's look at the history of this particularly helpful object. The history could go way back. At least a 28,000-year-old phallus speaks for that. That piece was found by archaeologists in the so-called Holefels, a cave near Schelkingen in the Swabian Alps which they found piecemeal and got from the ground. They pieced it together out of 14 pieces. The result is a 19.2 centimeter long, that's about 8 inches, and 6.3 centimeters wide, which is about 3 inches, and and about 2.8 centimeters thick, or just over an inch, and precisely 287 grams. That's... (laughs) It's about 10 ounces, okay? And the object has and the object has definitively male attributes. Some of the researchers assume that they're dealing with some sort of club-like blunt weapon, and not some sort of lustful pleasure tool. Maybe it was both? That also goes for some of the similarly formed stone tools from the younger Paleolithic, which aren't quite as old as the ones out of Holofelds. And because of which the earlier researchers tended to have a sort of reserved description of these objects. We have more concrete descriptions of dildos in historic ages, since we now have the sources in writing. And of course, first and foremost, the ancient Greeks. Here, the so-called use of the oles boy, as they're referred to here, 
singular Olispos, was supposedly, at the latest in the 5th century BC, widespread. At least one can assume that from the large number of depictions on the vases. Here we see them in different shapes and sizes. Some are even double-ended, with which two women at the same time... Uh, well, I'll just leave that up to the imagination of the listener. But even in literature, these wands got their shrift. In the short comedy, The Trusted Gossip, by an unknown poet, Herodas or Herondas from Alexandria, in the 3rd century BC, reports of two women, Metro and Coreto, that are having a lively discussion about these sort of things. To summarize, Metro had seen Carispos de Lesbos at a woman's house named Gnosis, where she had had that one made. And Corator got mad because she had just lent the dildo to somebody else. And she had just given this Olispos onto another woman without even asking her. But Metro can comfort her and repeats her question after the producer of the object once again. And Corito then, under the seal of secrecy, explains that he could get this at the bag maker Teron, he who ever keeps his true profession secret for tax evasion purposes. Oh, you know the Greeks again. I don't want to say any cliches, but I guess some things have a very long tradition. Anyways, back to the subject matter. Other ancient societies, of course, also made use of this pinnacle of technology. I mean, the dildo. Not tax evasion. But cheap ones are rare, with the exception is India and China. The work written between the 3rd or the 5th century, the Kama Sutra, describes hollow dildos, or at least a sort of extension of the male member, which the man could use if he had genetically drawn the short end of the... Or, you know, if his partner was just built a little bit more generously. The text recommends pieces out of noble metals as well as copper, lead, ivory, buffalo tusk, or even wood. And it should feel, quote, soft and cool. It should excite the sexual powers and fit exactly size-wise, end quote. If you don't have that in your budget, however, the Kama Sutra recommends some natural remedies, a pipe from the so-called elephant apple or some sort of Indian rubber tree, the long end of a bottleneck, or other ways of binding stems together to make the right-sized object. In medieval China, dildos were used as a rule by lesbian women and were made out of ivory or wood, and ones out of porcelain were also found. And its use is described by tying it with silk ribbon as well as double dildos. The Chinese women also had the advantage that there was a locally grown phallically shaped mushroom that when used, swole up. The Ming Dynasty author Tao Tzu reports this in the 14th century. Quote, in the stretched out meadows of the Tartari, or like Mongolia, wild horses often copulate with dragons. Drops of their seed fall onto the ground, and after a while, bamboo-like things grow out of the ground. They kind of grow to a point and are covered in a sort of scale that all lie close together, kind of like the teeth of a comb. The surface is covered by a net of veins, which makes them look like a male member. The local women sometimes gather them and stick them in their vagina. As soon as these come in contact with the yin essence, they swell up and get longer. End quote. I assume that these mushrooms with the name Tadzui are somehow extinct. Otherwise, I'm sure they'd be a top seller in every biomarket. By the way, the word dildo is to this day not quite clear. One theory is that it comes from the Italian word diletto, which means to pleasure. But there's also another theory, which has it that there was a man named dildo. And the same dildo is the namesake of a town in Canadian Newfoundland. 
At least that's the preferred theory locally there, according to the because they are so commonly asked, slightly annoyed Canadians. In English literature, the word doesn't really come into existence until the 16th century, and first pops up in a poem from Thomas Nash, The Chores of Valentine, or The Merry Ballad of, of Nash's Dildo, 1593. 1610, the term also pops up in The Winter's Tale by William Shakespeare. In French, the dildo is also called Gourdemiche, which comes from the Latin Gaudemichi, which could be pleasure me. It says a lot about the Germans that they've never actually had their own word for it, doesn't it? The further electromechanic development, the vibrator, was actually a device meant to be used in case of female hysterics, supposedly an ominous inflection that can start at birth and lead women to strange, well, hysteric behavior. A remedy for this in the 19th century invented affliction was to get women to a hysteric paroxysm, or also known as an orgasm. And in the name of medicine, up until the 1920s, there were these medicinally purpose-sold gadgets. Ads were targeted in newspapers and magazines for the housewife. This was a way to avoid hysterics and to generally just relax and keep the youth and beauty that a wife should have. Today, of course, you can buy these devices in all sorts of colors, shapes, sizes, material, I've been told. But back to the glass piece found in the toilet in the woman's home in Herne. Is it really a glass dildo? Budla personally thinks not. The glass is much too thin for such an application and would break much too easily and could cause pretty serious injuries. I would think more along the lines of a joke glass, like a gag gift that were pretty commonplace in this time. When filled the naturally looking object with liquid, like as an example with milk, and pass it around for amusement's sake at the latest dinner party. Part of the entertainment value must have been because the hole was exactly in the same place where it would have been naturally. The woman's home was also the woman's home was also much less strict than, say, a woman's cloister. The noble women here also had to be celibate and have their prayers, but did not have to take a vow of poverty or decline the use of their servants. And they could even get married if they gave up their role. And apparently it wasn't quite as prude in these women's houses as it was in the cloisters. At least most of them. There is one exception to the rule, and we'll talk about that one in a future episode. And if you enjoy listening to The Secret Cabinet, we'd love to hear from you. Stop by The Secret Cabinet Facebook page and come say hello to myself, or Der Budla, the creator and host of the original Das Geheime Kabinett. Also, nothing helps out a new show more than a couple of five-star reviews or good ratings on iTunes, if you'd like to show your appreciation. That way we get higher up the ranks and more people can hear the show. Thanks a lot. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.